friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience, as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspective. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast. I have some wonderful moms joining me tonight because we decided that a podcast on bullying is about time to have. Um, So I'm going to start with my first guest, uh, and I have to be more specific today because I have two parent Michelles that are joining me. So I'm going to go with my top Michelle Johnson. Um, I'm looking at my Brady Bunch screen. I'm going to go with Michelle Johnson first, and we're going to talk about, first, give me an introduction. Introduction for those that may not be familiar, you've joined us on a couple other, a few other podcasts. Um, so just give me kind of a background of you and your family, and then um, give us an example of a situation where you or your children have felt and experienced bullying. Um, my name is Michelle. I am the mom of four boys. Two of them are on the spectrum, both level two. And my husband and I tag team parenting that and whatever that may look like, sometimes good, sometimes not so great. And I feel like every day is a uh, learning curve. I have a couple of examples. So I'll start with my, my most recent one, which happened actually probably about a month ago. My most recently diagnosed kiddo is going to be 10 next month, and um, we were actually out of school until April when school started back up again, and I think he felt the socialization, isolation through COVID a lot harder than I realized he would, and so getting him back to school has actually been a really great thing. Um, A year ago at this time, he was not doing so hot, and we were in the process of getting diagnosis and medications fixed and dialed in, and school was was really really hard for him we were having to pick up almost every other day I mean it was it was pretty bad we had a few trips to the emergency room and some some really not so great moments at school and so luckily um, COVID was a blessing in disguise and it gave us the last year out of school where we were able to take that time to really fix medication we were able to dial in on a lot of those behaviors and he's in a great place right now so um, returning to school I I didn't know what that was going to look like because these are some kiddos that may have previously seen behavior last year. They may have had some experiences with doing Zoom calls. And I just, I wasn't sure what that looked like, but everything's been going really great. But about two weeks ago, he had just the absolute worst day. And I mean, he was just angry. Everything set him off. Everything I tried to talk to him about, he would just get really snappy with me. And, um, I finally got him to kind of open up and talk to me about three hours in of trying to ask, you know, probing questions to find out what's going on. And then he finally told me there were some kids that were not being nice to him on the playground. It started with, you know, he was, I mean, they do zones at our school. So each classroom takes a different zone. So that way there's no intermingling. And so he was in a certain zone playing with a couple of dodgeballs or something like that. And these kids came up and started slapping them out of his hands and then kicking them down this big giant soccer field and repeatedly just kept happening over and over again and from what I gathered from him his side of it was you know he started crying and got really upset about it and a teacher came over to try to assist he didn't want the help but what I later found out is that school didn't even know this situation had happened they knew he got upset on the playground they knew I mean he he did all the right things like he he made sure to ask for a break he went up to the office to to take his own space but he never divulged to them exactly what had occurred and after having my conversation with him I, I finally got him to tell me the whole story and he just kept telling me over and over again well that's okay mom that's just what friends do and I was like, no, that's that's not what friends do. Friends wouldn't do that. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's just what friends do. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't hear anything outside of that because I think for him, it was his way of protecting himself from his emotions because he didn't want to believe that somebody wouldn't be his friend and that somebody would intentionally do something so hurtful to him. So I ended up having to contact the school explain the whole situation because they had no idea a situation had even occurred on the playground of that nature. They knew he got upset, but they didn't know why. 
And then with the help of, you know, his special ed teacher and um, the principal, we kind of all sat down and had some, you know, further conversations with him. And they did a great job with having him create a board of like what a good friend looks like. And then Jackson got to draw the pictures to go with what a good friend looks like. And, you know, a good friend is kind and a good friend listens and a good friend can be funny. And, and I think it was like a really, really great learning situation for him because I can't imagine, you know, it just hurts my heart as a parent to think that, you know, we've, I mean, we're accustomed and you think about it from kindergarten, we are born that everybody is our friend when we're in class and even going to kindergarten, I remember them telling me, oh, this is, you know, so-and-so's friend and this is so-and-so's friend. And I remember one thing, no, they are not like they're a classmate, but that doesn't equate to friendship. And, you know, I've, I've tried to teach my kids that, you know, it is okay for somebody to not be your friend. If they're not the right friend, that's okay for that. Because I mean, we condition our children from a very young age that everybody is their friend, but that's really not true. And for kids on the spectrum, I learned that can actually be really detrimental because then they're not recognizing the signs of bullying. They're learning to accept bad behavior towards them as an okay thing that as, as a friend. That is so true. So I'm so glad, Michelle, that you were proactive on that because, again, what you don't want to then set up the perception for for Jackson is is that 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 friends can treat you that these friends um, can treat you any less than you know what I mean. And so I think it's really wonderful that your school took the time to kind of coach him on what is a good friend. You know, good friends make you feel this way. Um, you know, a person that says that you're they're your friend, but then they make you feel these other things like you know and makes you cry or makes you feel bad about yourself that's not really a friend but how until you spend the time to implicitly like point out those differences where are they going to start having higher standards for who they're hanging out with and the thing that makes me sad about this is that you know understand our kids don't have a lot it's not like people are beating down the doors wanting to be friends with our kiddos and so they then become friends with kiddos that that again you know, a lot of them have their own social emotional problems, you know, and so again, they their picks for friends are probably maybe a little bit, you know, less available. And so it's can become this vicious cycle because again, you know, birds to a feather flock together, I guess is a saying. But that's the problem is is that it perpetuates then the not health these non-healthy relationships. So it really makes it important for us to pay closer attention to drawing attention and making sure that we're educating them about like how how people should make them feel you know as opposed to you know tearing them down so i'm really really glad to hear that your school was proactive about that that makes me i will say like two days later he immediately had another situation with a couple of kids that were blaming him again and in just that short amount of time he was able to recognize that this was not an okay thing like yes. it was such a quick turnaround like it was so great to email his teacher and be like oh my god great news like this this took effect so quickly like yeah. And it was really great because, and I think it honestly, like as much as I would love to say, he's going to listen to every single thing I say as his mom. I think the fact that I was trying to talk to him was just, it wasn't going to work because I'm just mom. What do I know? But as soon as, yeah. you know, somebody, he really trusts that the school sat him down and said, Hey, let's learn about this together. It was an eye opening thing. So yeah, I appreciate that she was she was so quick on it, and I'm going to be really sad when summer's here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can we just be Facebook friends? And like, I know you live in Cheney. Is it okay if I just reach out through the summer? <laughs> I know that's so true. Well, and one thing I want to actually bring up is I had the pleasure of having coffee with a, an autism mama here a couple weeks ago, and she was talking to me about how her kiddo um, is friends with this kid, and he has one friend in class. And this one friend, other friend in class tends to be a real handful. And so one of the things that she was really, you know, her heart was hurting is that, you know, her son doesn't make good choices when he is hanging out with this other kiddo. And yet this is his most dearest friend. So how can you make a relationship like that work? And again, um, you know, she didn't indicate to me that this um, other child was not always like a great friend to her child, other than the two of them together, obviously we're not modeling really positive behavior and tend to be a problem. And so some of the strategies I was suggesting to her is to talk to her teacher about 
using this this friendship as a way for them to try and make more positive decisions so that they are not doing naughty things together because again they don't have a whole lot of friend opportunities and so again um you can use this on both sides of it in your case it really taught jackson how to be have higher expectations of friends and how they treat him but this could be a really good learning opportunity with other kids to learn how maybe they just don't know how to be a good friend and again you don't know what they're seeing modeled at their home and so then you know trying to you know use that as a teaching opportunity for the other kids too um, because again there are some kids that are bullies that are just shits let's just be real their shits but they're also some kids that become bullies because they're dealing with a lot of just awful things in the background that they really need some support to so it can be a learning opportunity on both sides of it so i'm really actually happy to hear that is a good like this is so sad it makes me mad and then also like oh my gosh that's so wonderful so um fantastic i i will just say i'm so glad you brought that up because we are going through that right now that exact thing situation except like like you said it was first birthday party like first play date like all of that but then like there doesn't seem to be a lot of parental guidance found out there was lots and lots of sodas consumed tv maybe i wouldn't necessarily allow like yeah. and i i have been struggling so hard with that because i'm like oh my gosh it's the one and only one we have like how do you how do I send him into that? So I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up to make sure I'm not the only one going through it. Oh, yeah. But here's where I would say to families is, you know, as I recommended to this, um, this mama that was like, you know, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do because you don't want to strip the child of their that friendship as opposed to talking to the school about, hey, this seems like a really valuable and important relationship, but it just seems like it's rocky and they just need better skills to be able to be friends, better friends to each other. And you know, I think, again, kids want to succeed. You know, kids don't just wake up every day saying, oh, I want to just be a loser. You know what I mean? They will succeed if they can. And so I think, again, if schools intervene a little bit and provide some support on both sides of it, I think it can be very positive. So I'm going to go to my other Michelle, Michelle White. Um, hello, other Michelle. Hello. Tell me, you have joined us on another podcast, so I'm so glad that you came back for another one because you were amazing on the first one that you were on. So thanks for joining us again. I hope you're a regular face on these. I My hope so. Um, so introduce yourself and your family and just then give us a kind of a breakdown of ways that you, your family, your kiddo has experienced bullying, maybe whether it's overt or not overt. Sure. I have two children. There's My oldest is 13 and she's the one that has autism. My youngest is 11 and she's actually is dealing with a lot of like LGBTQ and identity, but so I deal with a lot of <laughs> that, you know, and I'm full custodian of my kids, but my oldest is in middle school. So that's been, you know, elementary was good. You know, they had a really good school counselor and she was able to work on things like, you know, oh, the lunchroom's a little hard. Let's have a lunch indoors you know where this is less hard on you to be outside so you know they made a lot of things when she get bullied at school for you know hanging out with boys is more her favorite thing to do and then as they start getting older it's a little different hanging out with boys as a girl you know so you know everybody starts dating and everybody has a different relationship and she doesn't follow those relationships very well and understand those type of relationships so her friend who's was her best friend since kindergarten is no longer liking her she's getting older even though they pretty much have the same interests so then it almost becomes bullying and i hate you and you're ugly and you know like um just to keep her out of their circle because they don't want to be weird you don't have a girl hanging out with them that's their friend you know so she get bullied and this year has been rough in middle school seventh grade and we've been back full-time all year you know in our school there's never been any delays this school year and you know first thing first day of school bullied on the bus you know called you know fat and ugly and nobody's gonna date you and you know all these things from a couple kids on the bus and you know they're throwing her things and you know, because she'll retaliate, she'll yell at them. And, and so there's like a 
response that they think is funny and then they continually perpetuate it because it's different and she gets extreme and she'll yell and and then you know of course i have to deal with the school deal with the bus deal with the situation and they weren't handling it very well <laughs> so you know this girl that was harassing her I actually talked to her grandma and we and we worked it out and as parent to parent versus the school because they really don't know what to do sometimes and they're really? limited and the bus, yeah and obviously on the school bus of course there's no intervention whatsoever in terms of the bus driver no they have to keep everybody safe and they're headed to school and they're just like uh you know they can't do anything about it and you know they change seating but you know still the same kids yeah. on the same bus so and then of course too i i rode the bus for um teen years and i was bullied on the bus back in the day and that's the thing too is is that unless i'm the one sitting in the very back of the bus newsflash for you as like you know if i'm not sitting in the back then they're walking up behind me and smacking me or hitting me or you know kicking my backpack down the aisle and stuff like that so yep. it's yes there's no way you can get away from them on a bus. Let's nope. just be real. Nope. So, yeah, if you um, sit up front, if you sit in front, they harass you as they come by or glare at you yeah. or flip you off or something. And then like, yeah, yeah so there's no real <sighs> perfect, <laughs> you know, and it was unfortunate. And like you say, there's that girl had struggles and I talked to her grandma, but we kind of worked it out. So when you say working out, so I'm glad that you reached out to her grandmother because these were so they were friends when you so they were friends and then not friends um, my daughter was friends with her cousin oh cousin the okay. same age so there's like this little circle of like so she's friends with her cousin but this cousin but the other cousin that rode her bus is like just nasty to her you know to my daughter so you know so i know of the family and called grandma and she's like well i'll pull her out of school and that's gonna be her least favorite thing and she'll have to homeschool if she can't ride the bus because if she acts like this on the bus, they're going to kick her off, you know, consequences. And grandma was very happy of the consequences of, well, she's going to act like that on the bus. And she's got to realize she's homeschooled. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess so. Well, that's you know? actually really, that's actually nice to hear that grandma was just like, well, not on my watch. Like this is not going to happen. And she was just like, she's got some choices. So did it help after that? Was the, was the yeah, granddaughter they, like, oh my God, I don't want to be homeschooled. So I'm yeah. just going to because technically it's her granddaughter but i think she adopted her because of the whole like oh. family situation mm -hmm. but yeah she kind of i've never heard any instances of it again and they kind of got through it and you know I, I talked to grandma and i'm like you know my daughter has autism and she takes things very literal and you know she's yes. like oh my god i'm so mortified you know and i'm like it's okay we're, yeah, we're talking you know worse. I will tell you okay so i just side side story is my neurotypical son tyler I, it was ironic it was in middle school and he actually got into a fight with this young man because this young man was bullying another kid in the school so i get called by the school all the things come to find out the tyler the the kid that tyler then got into a confrontation with and like threatened to you know beat his butt was on the autism spectrum okay ah. but this kid had He'd been bullied and had some of these behaviors and he was trying to be a tough guy and cool. So he was picking on this other kid that was, you know, also an underdog that Tyler recognizes being an underdog. And so Tyler was just like, not on my watch. And so then of course this whole story comes out that then Tyler had basically roughed up, gently roughed up this young man who also was on the autism spectrum because again, trying to fit in and figure out how to kind of navigate this whole world. Tyler was beside himself, like crying because in no, I mean, in his mind, he is the defender of kids on the spectrum and neurodiversity. And little did he know that this kid was also on the spectrum and he was trying to navigate that social world and to be cool. And that Tyler had inadvertently like you know affected and this kid was like afraid was then not wanting to go to school because he thought that tyler was really gonna um put his hands on him and stuff and i was just like oh my gosh this is like turning into this epic horrible situation where again tyler thought he was doing right but he didn't understand some of these other things that were going on yeah. so isn't that interesting like how grandma is just yeah. like even more mortified it's like oh my god your daughter has autism i'm so mortified and right. yeah it's because it's an invisible disability you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they are very functional very capable young people but then when of course the full story comes out it's just kind of like i think probably most parents would be like oh my god like this is just getting worse and worse and worse so um, i'm glad so now has bullying largely resolved for your daughter or is it still 
it's, it's so loose in like middle school where like you know they used to have like a school counselor that would be like you know check in with her a lot she hasn't had that as much this year you know middle school is more you're more independent so yeah. the things that she had safeguards were they're not there it's a little different you know and she struggles with like PE because she can't quite keep up and then she feels feels bullied even though it may not be actually happening it's in in her head that she's being bullied or you know made fun of by others because she can't keep up and you know she's very (laughs) clunky and flat-footed when she runs you know she's so it's a a struggle and um so she's mortified going yeah so caleb told me the other day he says mom it was kind of a good day at school but kind of bad like i heard someone say my name at school and i said well what does that mean he says i don't know there was like these three girls sitting there and i heard them say caleb so like i just don't know how to feel about that i think they were bullying me and i'm like well just because they said your name doesn't mean that they were talking about you or you know what i mean but in his mind he's just like i heard them say my name and clearly it had to be bad they were talking about me they were looking about me it had to be something and so I told I can relate to what that is, is that you just, mm-hmm. you know, he, Caleb is bigger, you know, he's not athletic. He's um, a heavier yep. set young. And That's so, fine. yep. And I will tell you, I actually was a little preemptive because we're in middle school too. I was just like, screw PE, not doing it because I'm not going right. to make my son in a locker room have to change clothes because he's already super uncomfortable about his body. Right. And so right. I was just nope not gonna happen ours is only like 20 minutes a day so it's a very brief pee so it's really so i was like well you know and it's the last period so she doesn't have to like change so i don't know i kind of stuck with it (laughs) you know but well, here's it's still thing. hard. I, I feel bad about it because Caleb is overweight. So I'm like, oh, right? you're, you probably should have some exercise every day. But on the other hand, because of some of his self-esteem issues and because kids are mean, I'm just kind of like, oh, so I, mm-hmm. I, I, in my mind, I uh, reconciled that by we have a gym membership. And so we take him to go swim and he uses the treadmill. And so that's kind of how we reconcile it. We were doing kind of stuff on our own. So, and did you say um, when, when is she going to be transitioning to high school? Let's see here. So next year's eighth grade, um, ninth grade would be high okay. school. Okay. Yeah. So she's got okay. two years and but yeah. this year she has had some friends, which has not happened before because they are one middle school for the whole district. And so she has met some other kids and has a couple friends this year, which is great. You know, you get a melting pot of different kids so there are some friendships and they are appropriate not always have they been appropriate you know she's picked up the bad behaviors and bullying and teasing and you know getting teasing like the other kids and saying bad words and you know calling kids names and so oh yeah that (laughs) you know yeah and that's so hard because again you know again caleb's very literal and he's also a really good rule follower but um at early on i was like you know what i can't have him he already has a lot of obstacles to overcome socially so i didn't necessarily want him to be that kid that like was like oh gosh golly darn you know what i mean right right (laughs) then we started setting rules even about okay so here's the thing you can say you know you know, crap and damn and hell. Um, but you can only say it one time in the whole day. And, you know, and then, you know, it was also the two, if you say it outside of the home, then you have to look around and make sure that there's like not an adult standing there before you say, <laughs> you know, crap, damn, or hell. And so we had these little rules for how you do it. Because again, how do you get them to look more like neuro, you know, to fit in and be more, you know, able to assimilate with their neurotypical peers. And so it's like, realistically, it's you, it's doing and exploring some of those things. And so I, to set more specifics about like okay so here's how you swear but you know again when you start getting to the big mac daddy words you definitely got to make sure you're paying attention to your demographic who is around you are the little kids are the you know what i'm saying it's terrible people are like oh my god Holly, you're teaching how your kid how to swear yes right yes i have because it's gonna happen and so you might teach them how to do it correctly and let's be real are there like friends gonna teach them correctly oh yeah they're 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 teaching them all the time the worst of the worst and she's asking me questions i was like oh god she's like asking me things i'm like nope we're we're, nope (laughs) exactly 
Well, I'm going to go to my next guest, Taylor. Taylor, you're joining me today. And I actually am excited to ask you a few questions because some of you are aware of Taylor has joined us on many a podcast. Um, Taylor is our self-advocate, also an autism mama herself. And so you have a unique perspective because you, Taylor, are, um, you grew up with autism and you kind of have experienced the world from the perspective of trying to fit into a world. Um, and so I think we've talked numerous times about times where you felt bullied. Um, and even now, I think there are times where like you and I are social media friends and so I can see some of the, th- you know, like things you comment on. And I do get a little prickly when you comment on stuff and then people pipe in, I get a little defensive in your behalf because, you know, I do think that, you know, even there is bullying as adults. And so anyway, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Taylor, and about your your daughter, and then maybe share with us some experiences that you have as an adult or as a, as growing up, let's just say growing up with bullying. And then if you want to then elaborate that when it comes to your daughter, feel free to share. All right. My name is Taylor. Um, I'm 29 years old. Um, I've been on the spectrum since I was five years old. My daughter, Tyler, is in the second grade. I'm almost done the second grade. She's on the spectrum and also ADHD. So she's on that. It's funny because I think I, as growing up as an autism kid in the 90s and early 2000s, I kind of felt like, I'm not saying bullying isn't bad now too, but back then, oh boy. I got the big grunts of it. Um, oh, I agree. Kid, so yeah, I agree. There's been a lot more um, discussion about the effects of bullying now. So I completely agree. You grew up, I think, in an era where the bullying, I, I think, was probably at its peak in terms of what was socially acceptable. So, like, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's a lot different now. I mean, it's still not okay. But still, I think you're right. I think you definitely were picked on. Your population, your age, it was, it was right. Yeah, it was just like, it was pretty, I've been through my fair share. Um, my parents even, it, it got to a point, like, I don't know if you've heard of Glover Middle School. Well, it was very terrible 15-something years. It was pretty terrible back in like two, the early 2000s. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, I was pulled out of the eighth grade for half the year because it got really bad just because people didn't understand why I acted a little differently or sometimes I got like sometimes my behaviors were different, you know. And even back then, I didn't really fully understand my autism. At, at 13 and 14, I didn't fully understand it myself because no one really explained it to me in full detail back then. I was just in IEP in speech therapy, and that was all I knew. But I, I hung out with the wrong crowd, and uh, and then of course, all of a sudden, nobody wanted to be friends with me anymore. And then, but a big part of that bullying back then, a lot of the people who I was bullied by were kind of broken the rough neighborhoods. So, not that I'm saying it's an excuse for them to bully me, but I, looking back now, I kind of understand why my parents said, oh, they're just doing that because their lives are wrecks themselves. I'm like, yeah, you know, looking back, I kind of see that now, so and under- understand it. But yeah, I just thought it was definitely, back then it was just okay to pick on people. You know, it was just, it was, it was just, it was considered normal. <laughs> well, and my question to you is, how did the school react? Like, did you, did your parents or did, um, did they ever have a conversation with the school in terms of, hey, this is happening and it's not okay? Yeah. Okay, so talk about that. What was the, that, that conversation like between your parents and the school? It was, my mom was a, was a little bit more gentle about it. My dad went in a good few times and made some pretty <laughs> intense my dad would go in there screaming and uh, point, doing that finger pointing to the chest, you know, type thing. I don't, so, I mean, I don't quite remember in detail what I said. I just remember seeing it. Um, I think what the school really did was I saw the counselor like twice a week and sometimes they'd pull people in and talk about what, why things were happening, but it kind of still happened. And the only person that was really doing anything was the counselor. And the counselor back then was really great. Um, his name was Mr. Simonson, but I don't know. I don't, 
I haven't heard of him since then, so I don't even know if he's still in the Spokane area. So, um, but he was a really good, if any, if anything of my experience whoever was good, it was that counselor. I remember him being a very good, he, but he could only do so much. And, but, and my parents just decided it wasn't worth it. Um, because there was just so much going on that there was only so much the school can handle. Like there is, sure. there's like these number of bullies of kids outnumbering all these teachers. And it's yeah. like, and it's, well, it was, got out of hand. yeah, I feel like in the nineties too, is that um, some of the, the kids were even bullying some of the teachers. If I'm being honest, it's like some oh, of the yeah. teachers were actually afraid of some of these students because they were just that out of control, and there weren't like systems and you know for you know checks and balances in terms of how how to even get like kids under control. That even staff actually were feeling somewhat threatened by these students, and so it was very yeah. And things have come come a long way. There's definitely a lot more programs, services, understanding about what creates you know family dynamic what's going on in that child's you know life really does impact their you know those behaviors when they manifest in school so here's the question and then transitioning to your experience as an uh, as a parent with your daughter you know Skylar's young and and delightful but have you ever feel like um Skylar is ever like bullied you know, like, into the, probably not to this, hopefully, my goodness, not to the extent that you experience, but um, obviously it's, it's, you've indicated it's kind of less nowadays because there's more awareness of it, but have you experienced anything when it comes to Skylar? Yes, I have experienced it um, because Skylar kind of, you know, she's got her tics and her shaking and sometimes, you know, Skylar freaks out a little bit and, uh, and just the way Skylar handles certain situations, kids don't understand that. And I think at her age group, they're kind of too young to understand it. So when they, when she does different things, like act a certain way, I don't even know how to word it. Just not act like this typical neurotypical child, I guess. She'll, she will get kind of made fun of for it. Um, she kind of experienced a lot of bit of bullying last year, mainly by one girl and it's funny because this girl used to kind of be her friend then out of nowhere just stopped but i know that girl uh i used to be friend i used to kind of be friends with her mom or at least acquaintances you know and we would be fake we were facebook friends and we, we talked but i know this little girl didn't really have the best home life either but i you know she just started picking on my daughter one day and calling her sort all sorts of things like ugly just horrible things and uh I just told Skylar, you know, you know, I've tried the normal things like just ignore her, just tell her to stop, you know, and if it continues, ask your teach, we'll ask your teacher if we can move you guys, but I'm still, I still kind of reported it to the school, you know, and then eventually, you know, this girl's like, well, I'll be your friend if you give me stuff. And so Skylar would go into a room and get all sorts of toys. And I go, what are you, why are you bringing that to school? So-and-so said they'd be friends with me if they give me this. I go, that's not how that works. I yeah. go, that's very sweet of you, but that's not, we don't want to, and we don't want to enable that, you know, yeah. you know, and it's like, and I, and, I, oh, and, I'm, oh. and I mean, I'm sure everybody's experienced that with their kids. Oh, if you give me this, I'll be your, no, I, I mean, I've experienced that too. And I used to do that as a kid also. So I kind of understand Skylar's perspective, but I go, no, because that just means they're only your friend because you give them something. And when you stop giving them something and they keep expecting it and you stop, it's yeah. it's worse. So, and then it's funny because like I reported it to the school and the mom ended up blocking me on Facebook. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Apparently, apparently I crossed that line. I shouldn't have. I wasn't even like a jerk about it. I just pointed it out. And apparently the mom didn't like that because I got blocked on Facebook, but I just laugh about that now. So yeah, you can't make friends with that. You can't make everybody happy. You can't be friends with everybody in the world and you have to stand up for Skylar because that's, you know, what us parents do. Um, to say that you know that was actually when you were talking i think it's really important when we talk about um bullying when we when it's the littler kids it's really harder for the younger kids you know in kindergarten even in preschool but preschool kindergarten first second for them to understand that like um words just even saying you know you're ugly or you know just some of that rhetoric and how that can be hurtful for people and there is this wonderful video i i saw it on tiktok because i have to be honest like who doesn't love tiktok these days i'll have anna find it maybe we'll put it 
it and we'll put a link to it in the show notes but um it was this really this woman sitting down with her two children trying to help them they're young get them to understand the power of words so she has a piece of paper and she tells her girls um call this piece of paper ugly so they said you're ugly and so then she crinkles the paper and then she folds it back out you know what i mean and then it's like okay so tell this that was such a good lesson yeah, tell this piece of paper that you hate them. And then she crinkles it up some more. Tell this, um, you know, this piece of paper that you're worthless. And she crinkles it up more. And then she says, okay, um, now tell the piece of paper that you're sorry. And then she straightens it out. And then, you know, tell your, tell them you're sorry for this and this. And then she straightens it out. Tell them that you're sorry for that. And you straighten it out. But in the end, that piece of paper will never be whole again. I thought that is so genius to be able to do that simulation with any young person. And I think... For our kiddos on the autism spectrum, again, I, I told the story of like Tyler, you know, getting in um, into a confrontation with this young man because he was bullying another young man that um, had a disability, but he was doing it because again, he was trying to fit in. Um, but what a great way of showing this young man that, you know, that this, if, he, if somebody would to show him that, that video, I think it would be super helpful because it helps show even our kiddos on the spectrum that like you know words matter and so we have to be careful you know and that piece of paper never goes back to being that pristine perfect piece of paper again when that type of stuff happens so anyway so i will have anna put a link to that um tiktok in our show notes so that you find it but it was such a great video that i think it, and since we're talking about bullying i think it's totally appropriate so i was going to actually talk a little bit about a couple of experiences and feel free to jump in if you can relate or have a similar experience but Isaac was gosh you know actually he would be 18 graduating from high school this year and autism was not as when he was in preschool you know it just wasn't as common less people were familiar with autism there was less people with a diagnosis and so I was looking for opportunities you know there weren't even that many opportunity preschool environments for kiddos that were um, developmentally delayed so my strategy at the time was i was in a parent cooperative preschool that was through this community college so the premise behind it is is that you bring your preschooler there is a teacher that's you know preschool teacher but all the parents take turns with certain jobs um, so that that way the admin and the school prep and some of the supervision is all provided by a parent cooperative group thought it was a perfect opportunity because Isaac and Tyler were just 11 months apart and so it gave Tyler who was younger an opportunity to be in a preschool around kids or his age that were neurotypical but it also gave Isaac an opportunity to be around neurotypical kids other than his brother in terms of you know just having that exposure so also, if I'm being totally honest, it was cheap because preschool for two kiddos is very expensive. And so it was obviously because parents are volunteering their time, it was a lot more affordable to have two kids in preschool. So I was like, this is awesome. Well, anyway, long story short, we were in co-op for a year and a half. And unfortunately, my son Isaac passed away while he was attending preschool at this co-op. And I will actually, it was, I have to say like hindsight being 2020, when I look back at my, my experience and my relationships with the other parents it's interesting because i never felt bullied or mistreated by any of the parents in that program i was always very honest about the fact that isaac was on the spectrum i mean you're talking about three and four year olds you know what i'm saying like so it's not like elite preschool or pre you know like elementary school or something like that i mean it was just like they're three and four year olds so it's not like your expectation to be super high in my opinion in my opinion what do i know like I said, I never felt mistreated. Occasionally, like I do remember one time there was a dad that was filling in as the parent at school one day and he had a bajillion questions for me about autism and I was kind of taken aback by it. But then like, wow, this guy, I, I, you know, it was just so weird because nobody really... Um, you know, everybody tried to be supportive of it. Um, a few people would ask questions, but mostly I was the one doing the accommodations rather than asking other people to step in. But this dad was just asking me a million questions one day about autism and what does he do in this situation that come to find out actually he was a teacher, an early um, elementary school teacher. And so he was actually really doing because he happened to be off. I think his wife might have had surgery or something. So that was why he was there filling in. And so he was just educating himself about autism because he was an educator and he didn't do it offensively. But 
that was the first time where I was just kind of like, oh, you know, like I actually took it as like, wow, he cares. But it wasn't until after my son Isaac died and there was a whole, you know, we still had Tyler continue to go to the preschool after Isaac died because we wanted to try and keep some things as consistent as possible that a, a parent expressed to me that um, she felt like Isaac should have never been there and that there are special places for kids like uh, Isaac and that it was really unfair of me to put Isaac in that preschool because it was just unfair to the teacher and you know you know trying to meet my expectations which again I didn't feel like I had high ex I feel like in some cases my expectations were probably too low for what inclusion should have looked like and then I will never forget where she was like you know right everybody and all these parents are looking at her like no 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 we do not like you know it was just so like because I was so shocked because never in a million years did I ever feel mistreated or anything or bullied but then when she overtly said that there's special schools for um, kids like him and that's where we should have gone and it wasn't fair for me to bring him there and expect everybody the teacher to have to accommodate that and this and that and the other and then looked to all of these other parents like am I right you know you could probably could have heard a pin drop because I was just waiting then for that all these parents you know to be like well I don't really want to get involved you know what I mean which is that passive aggressive well I agree but I don't want to like but it was a resounding hail no we didn't feel like that like I don't even know where this is coming I mean like the other parents were also appeared to be surprised and even the teacher was just like I never ever ever felt like you know there was a problem and so I, I so it was this whole weird dichotomy where it's, it wasn't at the time I felt any different it wasn't until afterwards when this you know kind of that the straw that broke the camel's back that she felt like she should voice that opinion and so I feel like that was like my adult moment like my my adult parent experience of feeling like you know well that was like just kind of bullying but it really wasn't bullying but again it's that perceived or you know overt or not overt bullying so um so there was that and so that is probably one of the most hurtful things that I you know obviously I don't have my son so I'm very sensitive um, but it really kind of tainted that whole experience for me because I would have said up until that point that like that was, was a positive I'm so glad we did it but then to know that actually there was that feeling that you know we shouldn't have been part of that and then it created that sense of fear moving forward that this is something that I'm always going to constantly have to be on the lookout for so I will say that I have been hypersensitive my whole because this would have been I mean Isaac would be 18 graduating today and this happened when he was in preschool at the age of like three and four so my for so long you guys I'm, I'm telling you I have been hypersensitive to bullying in some cases it's just not you know it was perceived and not reality and that wasn't how it was meant and so I will admit that I've had to come a long way when it comes to just perspective but with that being said one funny story about this whole perceived bullying that I think you guys might find funny I was teasing the girls before I hit record that you know when we talk about perceived or overt bullying versus perceived bullying you know like Caleb would tell you that um he's been bullied throughout his whole life because um in his mind if someone doesn't love pokemon to the extent that he loves pokemon then that is clearly bullying which i have to explain to him no babe that is personal preference but one of the funniest things ever where again it really as a parent i had to check myself because i have really spent a lot of time trying to reinforce with caleb that he is perfect that his autism makes him unique and that you know he's not broken he doesn't need to be fixed but he has differences that make him you know perfect the way that he is so of course caleb throughout his life in elementary school he's like my mom says i'm perfect well he goes to school and starts you know a little girl who was having she was adopted um, in elementary school by this fantastic couple so she came from some trauma and her background her parents were delightful people i have known them actually i can honestly say that this couple that adopted this young lady actually knew isaac um, because we went to the same church um, but what's interesting about this is that they had been working on her. She tended to be a little bit of a bully. Like she would kind of be on Caleb a lot and pick, 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 pick. Um, because again, you know, she's dealing with a lot of garbage from her past and Caleb was kind of the underdog in the class. And so I think that was kind of her natural sight set on Caleb because she could. Um, but what was so funny is Caleb came home from school one day and he had a terrible day and he was crying and he says, mom, it was just so horrible. This girl is bullying me and you need to make her stop and when i asked okay tell me what exactly happened he says well she told me i'm not perfect 
And I was like, wait, what? And he says, well, you know, I told her that my mom says that my autism makes me perfect. And of course, her response is, well, my mom says that nobody is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes and that we are all not perfect. And it's like, so they were debating. Her mom, of course, is working on the trauma and trying to help her write herself and have this context of nobody is perfect. You're going to make mistakes and la, 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 la. And of course, I'm doing the same thing on my end where I'm like, Caleb, your autism makes you perfect. And so then all of a sudden when they are toe to toe, and she is challenging him on the fact that he is not perfect then I was just like oh my gosh this is hysterical but from Kayla's perspective he was being bullied because my mom said I'm perfect and you're telling me I'm not so we had a nice good laugh about this but it made me have to go back and say you know what Caleb maybe perfect was not the correct word you know your autism makes you special and unique and you need to embrace that and not be ashamed of it you're right no one is perfect we're all going to make mistakes so I had to kind of you know like adjust it but it was so funny how we were both trying to do these little social emotional like supports for our kids and it ended up creating this huge like instance where you know Caleb was really legitimately feeling bullied Let's talk a little bit about one of Caleb's areas where he does feel bullied, and I'm kind of hit and miss on this whole thing because it's not, again, overt bullying, but it definitely does, you know, hurt kids' feelings. Is um, when Caleb isn't picked to be part of a project, or he's, you know, they're like dividing in sports or an activity, and you know, they're picking groups, and Caleb doesn't get picked, and so then he's just like either has to work with the teacher or then kind of the oh great we got Caleb sort of a thing, and so I don't know. Because again, you know, um, kids, nat- I mean, it's kind of a natural, I hate that teachers are still actually setting this situation up where kids are picking teams and stuff like that for these situations, um, as opposed to just, you know, looking at your 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 class and deciding who would be good to work in teams, but it still happens. And so I guess my question is, is have any of you guys experienced situations like that where they're not picked, or maybe it's even a birthday party where, you know, these kids know that there's a birthday party happening and then lo and behold, your kid is on the outs all the time, all the time. Yeah. So like and, and what context? <laughs> both yeah. like the school projects, she's, uh, you know, on the outs or not having somebody pick her PE because why do teachers still do it this old-fashioned way i don't get it birthdays like there was a a next door neighbor girl was the same age and they've been in school since they're in preschool together birthday party right across the street all the neighborhood kids not invited like mortifying yeah horrible where it's really hard because on the one hand you know and maybe it goes back to at an earlier age we need to be explaining that inclusivity for our neurotypical like neighbors and kids and like if you know parents did a better job at just educating and talking about differences you know i'll say you know with my stepson cooper we'll go out in public and you'll have little kids they are so delightful cooper is very obviously disabled because he has a lot of big motor movements and he stims and he's loud you know, he'll just walk up to somebody's plate in a restaurant and take food off of it. You know what I'm saying? And kids will just say, kids will say, um, what's wrong with him? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you asked. So um, this is Cooper and Cooper has autism. So he doesn't say a whole lot of things. And so we have a nice little conversation about it. And so, but kids will just say, you know, what's wrong with him? And they'll have this look of like, you know, uh, and I'm like, oh, you know, you don't have to be worried about it. Like he has autism. And so he likes to move because it makes his body, you know, we have questions, you know, you have anything you want to ask me? Do you want to give Cooper a high five? And so you kind of normalize it a bit. Again, I feel like with neighborhood situations like that, it's like, come on, parents, you know, but maybe if parents had done a better job at just kind of normalizing differences, maybe the girl would would have said, hey, I absolutely want the girl across the street to come because, you know, like, why wouldn't we include her? But, you know, so I think it It kind of starts with early education, but... I had an instance where I had like I got mad moment like you're you know you're preschool but they're doing Halloween and I've lived in the same house since Violet was little and uh, they're having their Halloween they get together on the four wheelers and go trick-or-treating with there's probably like four or five kids that are the same age same grade they go trick-or-treating together and every year she wasn't invited and one year we were out on our own i'm like why are you guys so rude do you like purposely exclude her because she has autism and then they're just like mortified but they still didn't do anything different the next year or years you know but it's awkward 
And Michelle, if you ever want to, it's Aiden's birthday on, on Halloween, so we always do it up pretty good. We have the best neighborhood in Cheney. You come trick-or-treating with us this year. I'd love to. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be fantastic. We have a, we have a lot of unruly really boys fun. hyped up on sugar, so <laughs> I can't I can't guarantee nudity wouldn't randomly happen, but you know what? It's a fun, fun night nonetheless. <laughs> I bet she'd love it. My kids would love that. That is yeah. Hey, a fun time will be had by all. And the whole not getting invited to birthday parties because he is, Caleb is very well aware of the fact that things are happening and he's not being invited. Um, you know, how about yeah. my other Michelle? Have you had those experiences? Um, like the not being picked, birthday parties that they're not invited to? I will say probably more so for Aiden, who's 14 now. Aiden actually has the opposite effect where they keep trying to stick him in the group projects and he literally despises. <laughs> his group projects so he actually is like he's so so good at math he can do so much in his head and so the principal thought it would be such a great way to get him like involved in something into getting into this math group and so he put him into this like math group with probably 10 12 other kids oh poor Aiden I felt so miserable for him because like he the t- principal put all the you know problems up on the board and there's Aiden just hand raised ready to go and he's like well let's work together as a team he's like I don't need to I've got it like he could just do it all up in his head and he was okay just Sheldon so frustrated. <laughs> and that's exactly I I he literally has that pop figurine for that exact reason is because he is so much of that character and it's hilarious because the principal's like well why don't you try working with the team he's like I don't need to I already know it so then they were like okay well why don't you try teaching this other kid well his idea is like i don't understand i'm so sorry this kid is so stupid and he doesn't already that's exactly like the filter too it's like i'm sorry that's a hundred percent it and so like i think they've now learned and and, you know we actually i did a crazy thing at the end of the school year and i just kind of pulled him off of his iep and his supports and i said you know when we go to high school next year i want to give him like a great opportunity to just start normal because the problem is, you know, we don't have those same supports at the high school. The only program is out in the Valley and I don't want to bus him. And, you know, Aiden is really just a kid that just wants to be left alone. He just wants to get his work done and be done. But the birthday party one, I think hits home more than anything. I don't know if anybody has done the wings for all event through Alaska airlines. Just for those who don't know what that is, it's a really great program that Alaska Airlines does every single year where they um, allow special needs kiddos opportunity to come to the airport, you get a boarding pass, you check fake luggage, like you go through all of TSA, you wait for the plane, you get on the plane, they do a you know, a run around the the turnstile and then they come back. And it's a great opportunity for those with either service animals who have never traveled before, those with like, you know, hearing sensitivities. I I, I thought it was the most phenomenal thing. And I really wanted to do it every single year to get Aiden kind of more accustomed to flying for when we do finally make a big trip. And, you know, every year just happens to land on the one friend that invites him to a birthday party just happens to be the exact same day every year. And he will choose time and time and time again to go to that birthday party every single time because how important it is to him. And so that's a tough choice as a parent. It's like, well, do I choose the event that's going to make him more successful as a flyer? Or do we continue to build on these relationships that are obviously so important to him? And so, you know, we obviously have to go with the social aspect because that is obviously where we lack the most, especially when we tell people in a math group they're stupid. (laughs) We're growing opportunities all the time, Michelle. So I, um, I know I, I tell like, I hate group work too. Exactly, we all do. We all do. It's a necessary evil of life, but it still is a good skill that we have to adapt to because it's going to come up throughout life. But I, what I will say to that is, is that we're the same like, way. Okay, I'm you know, he has certain, but like, what if they don't come? Because you know, Caleb's in special ed, and this now, of course, we're getting into middle school and high school, and it's hard for me because I just like my mom, my I get like anxiety. It's like, oh my god, is anybody going to you know like RSVP? And it's so interesting that actually, like in the last birthday. That we had of course before covid um the kids that actually ended up coming to his birthday 
were actually the neurotypical students. And it was the, um, like his kids that are in his specialized classes that had other obligations or, you know, just things that were happening. And so they couldn't come. And I was just really, and so I made sure that I just told the parents that I, how much I appreciated the fact that they had come and that, you know, they participated and it was just, and they were just like, oh, you know, like it was just so nice that Caleb thought of, you know, their kids and stuff. So that was nice. But one of the funny things though is is that in our special ed world you know of of Caleb will get invitations pretty much the invitations that he gets are from his kid the kids that are in his classes I'm using my air quotes classes his pull out classes or his special ed classes um but like just this weekend I got this really sweet text from one of the moms of one of Caleb's friends and she said okay this is going to sound really weird but my younger son's birthday party is this weekend and so of course it's all of her younger son's friends that are coming which you know are neurotypical and she says I was wondering this sounds so weird but do you think Caleb would be interested in coming to his birthday party so that that way Tenny had someone to hang out with and play with and I was like 100% you know what I mean because anytime we're getting an opportunity to um, hang out with people and have an invitation like I am like you know all over it but um sorry you guys (laughs) (laughs) is that your kids responding (laughs) oh my god I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. It's mom, 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 mom. Now it's switching to bro, bro, bro. I need three dollars for food. Red alert! Red alert! This is not a red alert problem, dude. I'm gonna say, call your dad, bro. There you go. There you go. Sorry, guys. You're being recorded, dum dum. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. My child is saying that. He's, he wants me all, you all to know that my, my son Tyler is saying, I don't care. Tell your listeners you're starving your child. So <laughs> Doesn't Tyler have a job? I saw the post where he had a tag on the back yeah. of his pants. He can pay yeah. for his own food. Yeah. I can do I'm it. And say that. They say you have a job. You have a now job. all the listeners know that. <laughs> now you're providing. Yeah. I will say one question I have that I think I have struggled with more than anything is like at what point with new friends or new parents of friends do you introduce the autism conversation with neurotypical kids? I never want my kids to be labeled, but I feel like there has to be some precursors. Like the birthday party we went to a couple weeks ago and they invited him over for a play date and I was so stoked. And then he comes up and he's like, hey, I have like eight sodas. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> like <laughs> conversations I should have had is, oh, he's a sugar monster. Like if you let him, he'll just go overboard. But it's like, I, I didn't, I didnn't want that to, I mean, obviously there's that fear of the parent. Well, what if they cancel? What if they're like, oh, this is too much for us to take on? You know, like I just, it's weird. I just don't know what point you have those introductions. I, you know what? And I wish I could tell you, that's why we have a podcast, Michelle, so that we can actually just <laughs> have a whole world to weigh in, right? Um, yeah, so. Um, I feel like I, I do that right away on ours. Like I seem to have to like, all right, so she has autism, you know, she has little quirks. Yeah, this, it's like, the you know. Share. Yeah, it's the oversharing because I find most parents are pretty cool and they're like, oh, yeah, we completely understand. What is that? Like, do we need to worry about anything? I'm like, no, you know, but like, this is what you might see and that's just normal. (laughs) So, you know, when X happens, don't panic. Mine are like more on the higher functioning. So it goes more of that invisible disability. So it's like, why don't we introduce it and have them worried? Because it's like, well, what if they, what if they don't have any, and they're like, really, is that really a thing? Like, yeah, it's such a weird place to be. And I feel that way with new teachers too. Yeah, they're like, oh, they don't look autistic. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I, I always say, ten like, yeah. yeah. Oh, we. Well, yeah. I always say, oh yeah, because we combed his hair different today. Right, they put it this way. And they look at you like, wait. And they're like, oh no, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I mean, obviously, we get it all the time. All I the have time. A time. Right. 
So yeah, my one other thing I was going to say is, um, so when we talk about group project, Caleb um, was came home from school on Monday with this little, they're making a rocket for middle school. They make the little rockets out of the pop cans, you know, and they're going to shoot them off. And I was told in advance that, oh, send your kid with a two liter bottle. So I had the two liter bottles, but I don't know whether or not Caleb actually took his bottle or not. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But Caleb then comes home and he has his bottle rocket and he's like, oh, mom, it's really important. I have to take, I brought this home because I have to I have to spray paint it for my team. And I was just like, oh God, you're in, this is a team project. And he says, well, I said, I thought that this, everybody did their own. And he says, well, yeah, um, everybody was allowed to do their own, but I decided that I wanted to do mine in a team because there was a kid in my class who like everybody kind of picks on and he never gets picked to do anything. And so I decided that I wanted to be his partner for this project. And so I was just like, oh, Caleb. And I said, well, why do people pick on him? He says, because he says, I don't know, you know, kids, they're just weird. And what, you know, they just pick the weirdest things to pick on you for. But anyway, so I just thought, so Caleb brought it home because he was like, I told, I told this kid that my mom, she's got things. I'm sure she's got spray paint. So thank God it was the one thing. Cause it's not like I have everything, but I actually had spray paint in my shed because I just cleaned it out. And I even had ladies, I even had spray paint for plastic. So that way it wouldn't flake off when he spray painted it. I was like the winner of the day, but anyway, but he chose to be in a project. So I don't know if the other kiddo maybe didn't also have like the supplies that he needed, but anyway, he said, I picked Damien. He's my partner because like, I like him. I think he's a cool kid. And so they did a project together. So I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? There are times where he feels bad and picked on and nobody wants to have him on his team. But then when, you know, the chips are down, he is the kid that's going to be like, that's my dude. He's going to be my partner. And so anyway, I, I felt very, you know, happy and pleased. I was a proud mom until I gave him the bottle of straight paint. And then I was like, oh my, I was the oh my God mom, where it was so funny because he decided, you know, safety first because, you know, autism. And so we got to be safe. So he gets a face mask on because of the fumes, because it says be warned, you know, you got to warn about the fumes on the spray paint can. And he also went and got my gardening gloves to wear for when he spray painted. Okay. So I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Except for Caleb didn't realize that that little white dot on the little like press button thing was actually where the spray paint comes out of the can. And so he had it actually turned around towards him. And so Caleb is now partially blue because he spray painted himself. Um, but you know what I mean? I, I can't make every parenting moment a success but you know he was wearing um he was not wearing eye protection was the only thing he says you know what the one thing i forgot was eye protection he had he had gloves on and he had a face mask but he did not have his safety goggles so anyway so many things that we learned from that but you know what i did what i could do at least i had the plastic spray paint who i don't even know why i would have purchased that sometime in my life but i had it so anyway so there is hope that you know while be it bullying is still going to happen through positive experiences like what michelle johnson was sharing about teachers helping these kids work through what is a good friend and then like caleb where he's recognizing that it doesn't feel good when you're not picked um so he's choosing to buddy up with kids that are those ones that are oftentimes getting picked on i felt pretty good this week so anybody else have any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast I love how inclusive ours can be, you know, if they struggle or like the siblings of like my younger child, you know, they're just super inclusive and they just biggest hearts, you know, because they know what it's like, you know, and I think that's what we're doing well, you know, Michelle, that well, is Michelle. a really good point. Yeah, that is a really good point. The point of it is, is that while well, we can't make everybody not be a bully, we are at least raising our kids and, and, and the siblings. And there is a lot of good in the world that are inclusive and, and wrap their arms around our kids and love them to death. So, all right. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining me. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Isaac's Autism Wild Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Other one that I was thinking that would be cool to have an addendum to is I had told the podcast on the, I think you were on it when I was telling, we were talking about bullying. And remember I had said that um, Caleb had decided that he wanted to be on the, he picked a kid to be his team partner when they were making the rocket. Okay. So here's, since you're here and you're part of that podcast, this will be perfect. And you were actually on that podcast too, weren't you? I on bullying. 
Oh, maybe not. Anyway, I, no. Okay. So I this comes full circle because Michelle was on that podcast, and as I so this was on the topic of bullying. Oh, I so badly. See, that's the thing, because it came full circle after that. I was talking about bullying and how things have happened. But Caleb now is more consciously aware of they were making these rockets for like field day in middle school. They take a two liter bottle, make a rocket out of it. And then that's what they do. One of the days they launch it into the field and then they mark the distance. So Caleb wanted to be partners with this other kiddo um, because he's not very he's not well liked at school. And so I was like commenting on this podcast about how. I was really proud of Caleb because he picks the kid who other kids would never want to pick to be on his team. And he's like, oh, no, I like him. And, you know, great. So here's the follow up to this story. So field day happens. Caleb gets in the car and he was like, I said, how was school as always? And he was like, well, it was just surprisingly good. And I was like, really, what was so good about it? And he says, well, um, he, he said to me, um, I said, he says, well, my um, the rocket did well. And I said, oh, was um, Damien really excited? He says, well, Damien ditched me. So joke's on him because, like, I'm in the top five. I'm like, of your class? He's like, no, of the school. <laughs> but what's so funny about it was he's like, well, the joke's on him because, like, Caleb ended up getting ditched. And then his rocket ended up being in, yeah, the top five. To which then I asked, it's not that I don't think my child is a genius because he of course all of my children are geniuses in their own way but I was like Caleb how in the world did you know how to make the rocket so that it would go so far and he says well um, I was just worried about its legs not being very sturdy so he reinforced the legs with extra cardboard because he just didn't want them to be floppy and then he says I just thought to myself well how far can this sucker fly if you stick too many rocks in it so he says I took some of the rocks you know, because they told them to put, weight it down. And he so I took some of the rocks out. And so, yeah, he was in the top five. And so, anyway, so Chokes was on, on Damien. But I was just like, I felt like I need an addendum to that podcast because we had been talking about it. And then I was like, oh, I, get, I get to actually have, like, a shareable moment of, like, look what my genius kid did. But anyway. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.